Steve Lance, your host of the Capitol Report on NTD News. If you have not done so yet, please hit that subscribe button to stay up to date with all of the latest news coming out of the nation's capital and beyond. The Labor Department is proposing a rule that would make some contracted workers company employees. This as the Biden administration is pushing to make it harder for companies to classify workers as independent contractors. Labor Secretary Marty Walsh said in a statement that misclassification deprives workers of their federal labor protections, including their right to be paid their full legally earned wages. Employees can cost companies up to 30 percent more than independent contractors, according to some studies. So many industries have come to rely on people working as contractors rather than official employees. Stock shares of Uber and Lyft responded to the news of the proposed rule. Both fell sharply. Uber and Lyft rely heavily on contracted workers. And to break down these two issues in more detail, we're happy to have on Joseph Trevisani, senior analyst at FX Street. Joseph, thanks for joining me today. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Of course. So I first want to talk about the possibility of a global recession. So what exactly does this mean? And do you think Americans should be anticipating this and preparing for it? Well, if the history of the Fed's rate increases going back to the Second World War is it almost all a series of concerted Fed increases that we have seen, like we have seen now, almost always in a recession. So I think we're probably going to see a recession probably next year, maybe even in the fourth quarter this year. You can make, of course, the technical argument that we're already in a recession since the first and second quarters did have negative growth, and that is sort of the standard definition of recession. But it has been pretty mild. The growth in the third quarter is looking to be, I think at the moment, about 2.5%, maybe a little bit higher out of an estimate from the Atlanta Fed. Nonetheless, these very sharp increases almost always will produce a recession. Mm. And how exactly do you think a global recession would impact America and just everyday workers and employees? Well, demand for U.S. goods will go down and all of the things that are attendant upon a recession. I mean, you have Europe growing very poorly and growing also with the, uh, the weight of the Ukraine and the energy problems they're seeing heading into the winter. Well, you're going to see a lot less demand for U.S. goods. And so that will, of course, impact workers here in the United States who either lose their jobs, have hours cut back, have salaries reduced. There are a lot of impacts around the world that will reverberate here because we are, although it is not a major part of our economy, it is a major part of exports or a major part of certain industries. And those industries will certainly be affected by a recession, which will, of course, take down growth and demand around the world. Now, moving on to the job market. So we know that the job market is expected to slow. The Federal Reserve has continually um, warned Americans of this possibility and as they're continuing to raise interest rates. Now, Bank of America has predicted that the number of jobs available will be slashed in half by the fourth quarter and that unemployment could reach up to 5.5 percent. Um, what do you make of this? And your, you know, what is your take on the current job market and the job market moving forward? Well, I think the job market that we're seeing now, even with this, we saw strength in the job market all year. It's a little bit diminished now. You had about 263,000 jobs in the latest month, and that's about 200,000 more less than we've been averaging for most of the year. But when you consider that the economy is still on the employment side, 
recovering from the effect of all the lockdowns and the change in the employment structure in the United States, that I think the, the strength that we've seen this year is not strength pointing to economic strength ahead, but simply part of the recovery, which is delayed from the lockdowns last year. So as far as that goes, I don't think it really predicts anything about the future. And in addition, the job market is always a lagging indicator. It's a lagging indicator when a recession arrives, and it's a lagging indicator in recovery. All right, good to keep that in mind. Um, and last question for you, I wanna switch gears and talk about the proposed uh, gig worker rule that the Labor Department just proposed. So they released a proposal that would make it possible for gig workers to be reclassified as employees rather than independent contractors. Could you help our, understand, uh, help our audience understand what exactly would this mean and how might it impact gig workers? Well, it's, it, it impacts in two ways. I mean, one, of course, it's probably beneficial for the worker depending if the overall level of unemployment is not affected. In other words, it raises the costs for the employer. It's going to have to pay the taxes, it's going to have to pay insurance on it, it's going to have to pay workman's comp on this. This has been an ongoing issue for many industries for many years. So for the worker, what it likely will do is end up reducing the overall number of jobs because the employers have a higher per employee cost. So although for the workers who retain their jobs, who get jobs, it's probably a benefit, for the overall number of people employed, it's probably a negative. So yeah, after the Labor Department announced this, the stocks of gig companies like DoorDash, Lyft, et cetera, went down. Um, so you anticipate this having a negative impact on these industries then? Well, it's gonna have a negative impact on the cost structure of the industries. And right now where you have many industries still scrambling for workers, I mean, this hasn't really gone away, even though the overall jobs on offer has gone down a bit. So if that's the effect that fewer workers are employed by any particular industry, and they are already in a position where they're short of workers so that they can't be as productive or produce as much as they might want, yes, I could see that that would be a negative for the stock price. Okay, thank you so much, Joseph Trevisani, Senior Analyst. Thanks for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. Conservative commentator and venture capitalist J.D. Vance and Democrat Representative Tim Ryan battled on Monday. The two Ohio Senate candidates met for a televised debate. Vance, a Trump-endorsed Republican, and Ryan, a Democrat, faced off on inflation, abortion, Russia's war in Ukraine, China, and law enforcement. Ryan, who was once against abortion, pledged to try and codify legal access to abortion. Here's what the congressman had to say about the overturning of Roe versus Wade. This is the largest governmental overreach in the history of our lifetime. Complete violation of personal freedom and liberty of women in this state. In contrast, Vance said that he is pro-life, but believes a minimum national standard is appropriate. He then made reference to second trimester abortions, which are legal in many states. We're talking about five-month-old babies, fully formed babies who can feel pain. No civilized country in the world allows elective abortion that late in pregnancy. I don't think the United States should be an exception. On inflation, Vance accused the Biden administration of mismanagement and criticized Ryan for voting for these policies. 
Simultaneously, they've borrowed and spent trillions of dollars that we just don't have, and that's thrown fuel on the flyer, fire of the inflation problem. He continued that the administration has gone to war against America's energy sector and concluded that those are each bad ideas, but when done together, resulted in record inflation. For the ballot is exactly four weeks away. Voters are considering hot topic issues like the state of the economy and rising crime. At the same time, cultural and social issues are surfacing more these days, like abortion and gender transitioning. To dive into some of these social issues and how they may impact voters this fall, Steve Lance spoke with Matt Peterson, founder of a network platform, New Founding. Matt Peterson, thank you so much for joining us. Great to be here. Matt, I want to talk to you about the uh, midterms. You have, obviously, the economy, the border. I want to get your thoughts on some of the social issues facing America. You have critical race theory, uh, transgender laws now affecting minors. Um, How big of an impact do you think these will have, the social issues, on the midterms? I think what's interesting is these are the issues that politicians usually like to stay away from. Uh, The traditional, you know, establishment wisdom on the right. You talk about bread and butter issues. You don't talk about social issues. Um, it's, uh, it's yucky stuff. It's, uh, uh, it's not the kind of thing you just want to get mired in. Uh, but I think what we see this time around is a resurgence of those issues in a big way. Uh, the, there's a lot of emotion uh, when it comes to what's going on with kids in schools, especially. That's wrapped in with all these parents who are angry throughout the country about what's being taught. And so that issue was really added to CRT, uh, the fact that you're pushing uh, transgenderism and mutilation of children, um, you know, that's that's hot fire. So uh, as much as people don't want it to come back, all these issues are coming back. And obviously, with what happened with abortion, uh, you know, both sides are going to be taking that one to the polls as well. You just touched upon it there, gender-affirming care. A lot of these terms can sometimes be a little bit deceiving. Um, California Governor Newsom just signed a bill that will allow minors to alter the, these life-altering uh, surgeries Um, What are parents around the country thinking? I think that parents, first, they don't want to deal with it. I mean, just to be honest, most parents uh, are in some kind of denial or they're busy, they don't want to deal with it. But increasingly, they're waking up to the fact that this is happening in their schools. A, they're talking to your kids about sexuality at a young age and showing them all kinds of stuff that, uh, you know, 10 years ago we would have thought would have been an abuse. You should lock, you should lock teachers up who do that. They're doing that as, as couched in official language, of course. And the most egregious part of all of it is when they're hiding from parents the fact that uh, these kids are convinced they should transition or chemically or physically castrate themselves. So I, I do think that this is not an issue that can be avoided anymore, that parents are waking up to it. Uh, and they're increasingly angry. But the way it breaks out is red state, blue state, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's another reason for people to move to red states. It's another reason for red state leadership to be more bold, whereas you don't really see much real change in, in blue states. So one argument in this debate is that if you have one parent who is for or supports their child to transition versus the other who does not, um, the decision maker ultimately is the state. 
Yeah, this is an enormous problem because we and we see it with this bill in California. I mean, here California is proclaiming itself to be a sanctuary for uh, you know the mutilation of children. I mean, that's what they're saying. They're saying if if someone has convinced themselves that they should chemically or physically castrate themselves, and doesn't matter if they're a, ch a child, they can come to California, and California will be their guardian, their protector, right? I mean, uh, and so the state will make these determinations. That is going to happen. I mean, that is going to happen unless people stand up and, and put a stop to it. Uh, it's it, the, the flow of law and the flow of policy is very clear on this. So back to the uh, midterms, more the meat and potatoes uh, issues. Uh, when it comes to the economy, um, how big of an issue is this going to be when people head to the ballot? I mean, it is interesting to me that uh, conventional wisdom is that it is always about the economy stupid. Um, but it is interesting to me how that hasn't been spoken of <laughs> to the extent you'd normally think in an election. And that's, of course, because the left is dominant, controls uh, much of the media. Uh, so there is a sense in which uh, there's a there's a pent up anger, right, uh, that you could see unleashing itself in a, a red wave, regardless of what everyone's saying and regardless of the polling you see now. Uh, so I do, I do think that uh, this is an enormous opportunity for Republicans uh, to, to blame it all on the other side and to almost, uh, almost they should suggest the vote itself is uh, lashing out or, you know, or getting back at uh, the people who did this to you. I think that that's really powerful messaging. The economy affects both, obviously, Republicans and Democrats. Um, in our reporting, we're talking to people who are, you know, getting ready to retire and we're planning and are looking at their 401ks and are having to second guess that. Are you coming across uh, similar situations? Yeah, I see a lot of people throughout the country at both an elite level and just normal level who are increasingly concerned. And it's, not, it's a concern about the economy that goes far beyond just, oh, you know, we're going to take a little haircut here or there. People are getting nervous uh, because they see that these are deep problems, structural problems that aren't getting fixed and that more and more pressure all right, keeps being applied through policy to make the situation worse. Matt Peterson, thank you. Thanks for having me. I just want to thank everybody for listening to this episode. If you enjoy our content, please leave us a rating and a review as it really goes a long way in helping us spread the truth. Until next time, I'm your host, Steve Lance at NTD, and we'll see you soon. Thank you.